Hello and welcome back to Into Riverdale, your favorite Riverdale rewatch podcast. As always, I am two-thirds of your host and I am not qualified to be listening to this kind of stuff. You know what it takes to become a school guidance counselor? It takes like a six-week course and you take a test to get a certificate. Please go see a real therapist, Daniel. And joining me is that other third, Art. Hi, um, did, did, you, did you know that we're, we're watching Hannibal? This is this is Hannibal. <laughs> we're, we're watching Hannibal now. They they aped everything from Hannibal down to the typewriter noise when they do the do the thing, the lighting, like the, they even have an actress from <laughs> Hannibal. That's very funny. I don't know why they decided to go so hard on Hannibal this season, but I guess that's like, what we're doing. I don't hate it. Like the, visually, it looks great. The show never looked bad. It's just like you don't. It's, it's you, just sort of weird because like Hannibal Mania was, you know, like when when Hannibal was in the cultural zeitgeist was like, well, when was Hannibal super popping off? Like 2013. Yeah, 2013 show, through. Right? Yeah, 2013 through. Uh, 2013 through, why can't I remember names? I mean, years. 2013 through 16, I want to say? Maybe 17? Uh, I know I was in college when oh, I was... Oh, it only got, it only got three seasons? Yeah, yeah, it got three seasons. Oh, 39 episodes total, though, so it's, okay, pretty big seasons, I guess. Uh, yeah, 2013 through, uh, I'm looking it up now, because, you know, why not? We have the power of the internet at our fingers. Are you sure? Uh... I did hit that it came out 2013, which I'm very proud of, because that was a shot in the dark, uh, and it was uh, finished 2015, which sounds about right. Um, yeah, and this is filmed, what, 2019, I think, is this uh, season? So we're, we're kind of out of the, you know, the heat of Hannibal. No one's really going crazy for Hannibal when they were filming this. I mean, yeah, like, I don't know, like, who... I just don't understand why, like, I feel like they should go for, like, another crime show? Like, right. Instead of, I mean, tech, but though, like, as I said, like, Hannibal is, like, an impeccably shot show, and they are doing a pretty good job at, like, aping it. Ha- Hannibal's, like, not famous enough, I'm sorry, but the Hannibal the TV show is not, like, famous enough for people to be doing, like, homages to it. It was with the gays, okay? Well, there you go. Maybe then that's why it's happening. That's but. Pro- actually, you know what might be like Berlanti was probably just like, man, I just love it when murder uh, when when murderers are boyfriends. I just love it so much, and and he was just like, oh Hannibal, yeah. Um, but uh, we will explore all of that uh, as we enter Riverdale season four, chapter sixty five, in treatment. Oh, also, uh, I had this thought while watching this episode. I think maybe the reason they do a time skip next season is because that's the COVID season no, no, and they ha- just wanted to get out of COVID times. No, like, first off, yeah, but unfortunately, they're probably still going to be in Afghanistan times, which is, like, really weird. Uh, 
unless they predict, uh, predicted us getting out of Afghanistan and into another war. What if they're fighting in, well, in Ukraine? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I don't think they're shipping Archie to Afghanistan. I simply do not think that's happening. Uh, I, that's the only war that's, that was active at the time. Like, he was part of war. Like, he wasn't just... what? No, he just joined the army. We don't know he's part of war. He, oh, I don't know. I feel like they would want him to have PTSD. They're gonna send him to war. You know they're gonna do some we're, really bad... We're definitely in other places than Afghanistan, right? Surely. No, we, okay, no, we are... Are we in, are okay, we in no. Syria right now? Not, not officially. Well... Like, okay, no, so no, a lot we of, haven't officially okay. been in a war since. Like, okay, okay. Here's the thing: there's a difference between America being at war and America paying contractors to be at war. Right, for but them. we also send like actual U.S. troops alongside those contractors. Not always. We just build a base. Not always. But sometimes. Sometimes I don't know. I feel like so. There you go. That's like, what I'm saying. I feel like they're gonna go for the cheapest way to give someone PTSD, and that is to send them to a war zone, which. No, that's not cheap at all, Art, because they have to then build Afghanistan, and they're not going to no, do that. Okay, no, all they have to do is do what all the, the bad shows do and just film it in the desert in, in, uh, uh, in California. Or Yeah, this is filmed in Canada, though. Oh, mm, I don't know. I feel like they're just going to do... I feel like they're going to still send enough gas. I, I will willing to put down $5... You are on. I don't think he's going to Afghanistan. I think logistically that's a nightmare I to think, film. No, they don't have to show him in Afghanistan. They could like they don't have to show him outside. They could literally just show well, him in buildings. Like the entire they're time. Absolutely not gonna send him to Afghanistan and not have him be in the desert. That's nonsense oh my you God. know. It. Oh no, I'm gonna ooh <laughs> I'm gonna you you're gonna owe me five dollars. <laughs> We're not looking I'm gonna spend your I'm gonna spend that five dollars, buy myself a nice Starbucks or Okay, cool. I'm gonna spend it on probably some cookies that I ordered online. Okay, sorry, we we have skipped a lot of things actually <laughs> in the first like two minutes of this show. <laughs> I st- oh yeah. All right, so uh, plot point one: the tapes are back. It's just the same thing, but now it's closer to the house. Ooh, how spooky! Part two: during that, uh, Cheryl and Tony watched it while um, the creepy doll was superimposed in front of them. Like the doll was also watching. That was nuts. Um, and then part three is that uh, college submissions are finally responding back, and uh, Betty did not get into Yale, I believe. Uh, her mother is letting her know. Oh, also, old Alice is back. No, old Alice. She's back in a big old way. Old Alice is back. Like I can't wait for her to just, just, just dose Adderall into her coffee. So the first thing we see from Alice motherfucking Cooper in this episode is her dressed up like the CEO of Theranos, opening Betty's mail and me like, oh, you didn't get into Yale? It's because you were having too much sex? It's like, not only not only is old Alice Cooper back, we also get her walking into some room doing some bullshit. Absolutely. I can't, ooh. The, and this is in I, I think like I don't know what happened in the writer's room, but like what is going on? She is different from last episode. Well, not only that, she is, yes, but not only that, but like, how is this a plot point when last season she was busy one giving away Betty's college fund, something that's traditionally pretty important to go into college, and two selling their house, like causing a lot of stress and distraction. You know how much time Betty spent trying to get her mom out of a cult that she could have been studying? It was like the entire year was all she was doing was trying to get her mom out of a cult. 
And now she's going to turn around and say, how could you not get into college? It's because I was trying to get you out of a cult, mom. Maybe she has some trauma going on with her mom being in a cult. Right? Even if she didn't, like, just that's where all her time went last year. It wasn't when she was fucking Jughead, although she did in the sex bunker. It was, you know, things like kidnapping you and tying you up in the sex bunker. That took up all of her time. Yeah. This is also nuts. Also, yes, sorry, uh, Mr. Honey has uh, said that the school guidance counselor, which is very important, this is the school guidance counselor, I want to reiterate, is having extended hours to help students uh, with their college applications and also, I guess, like the trauma of living in Riverdale. Uh, and her name's Mrs. Burble. So Betty has come to have an appointment with uh, Mrs. Burble uh, to talk about her mother's behavior but as she sits down and is offered a skit scat, which is oh boy, which is um, which is the actress who plays both Zoe from Firefly and the wife to the uh, oh Lars shit, is that Gina Torres? Yeah, I did not recognize yeah. her at all. And she was in she was in a lot. She was the uh, I always I forget everyone's name except for Will's and uh, Hannibal's, but um, she was the wife of Lawrence Fishburne's a uh, Jack. Oh, who, yeah, who she's actually married to in real life. Yeah, because yeah. goddamn Loris Fishburne is lucky. Man, I would love to be married. <laughs> yeah, her, oh, oh I, had, I had no idea that was Gina Torres. That's really cool. <clears throat> yeah, which is why they're doing Hannibal so hard. It has to be. Like, look at the, look at this shot right now. Like, with no one from Riverdale in it, it looks like a shot from Hannibal. Yeah, uh, well, good to know that this is going to be a major character, because you don't just hire Gina Torres for a one-off. No. <laughs> I don't think. Well, um, but I don't know. They have to pay Molly Wingrald, so. Actually, I think that money ran out, <laughs> yeah. uh, based on this episode. I think that money has dried up. Yeah. I was uh, I was joking with my girlfriend that the writers must have gotten some brand new, like, uh, new cocaine up in the writer's room for how this season's been going. And then Molly Ringwald is leaving this episode. I was like, oh, guess they spent the rest of the Luke Perry money on the new cocaine, huh? Yeah, they have to be. Like, I don't, like, like they have to get another brand, though, with, you know, like a Love Actually. Not Love mm-hmm, Actually. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was it? Love Simon. They have to get another major oh, Love Simon. Another tie-in, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I want a sequel episode of that. We got to learn about the sequel. Anyway, um, sorry. Uh, Betty's about to have this session with her guidance counselor. Alice walks to the door and says, actually, I'm here for a session with your school guidance counselor. Yeah, oh, she, oh my god, she she burst in with so much bullshit. She, like, legitimately, like, just assumed the guidance counselor would be available to give her ways to manipulate Betty. It's nuts. Yeah, and she immediately sees through this because, like, obviously, like, yeah. Oh, do you think? Oh, wait. Do you think? Uh, do you think the guidance counselor is going to uh, Miss Miss Bubble Bobble Burble Burble Miss Burble is going to start doing like uh, the season one Hannibal thing where she's uh, analyzing. Uh, De- that Betty's would actually <laughs> dark side. rule extremely hard if she also had a darkness in her. And was bringing up, that's all I want in the show is for more random people to show and be like, I too have a darkness in me, Betty. Just every season. I just well, want I some mean, new people to be like, zero killer I gene. have a darkness, I Betty. mean, like, mm-hmm. for all we know, like, Archie has one. He desperately wants to kill someone. So, like, maybe he has it too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, this, this whole thing is, uh, 
Oh, yeah, I guess they're doing the, the case number file thing, too, which I guess is from Hannibal. I didn't recognize that at the time because I didn't watch Hannibal. Uh, but yeah, this whole episode's framed around these different therapy sessions uh, all the various cast have with, again, the school guidance counselor. I, uh, I paused to look it up, like, qualifications to be a, a guidance counselor in New York, and it is like you take a six-week course or something like that, and then you have to pass a test. Uh, and then you get a certificate, and you can go be a guidance counselor, because they aren't therapists. You don't have to have, like, any background in actual therapy. <laughs> You know, okay. No, like, I just realized, like, Riverdale High was supposed to be the nice school. Oh, and yeah, it, remember that? Yeah, so, like, now it's just the regular school, and they had to make Stonewall prep for the nice school again. Yeah. Oh, it's... But, I mean, this also happens... Listen, I went to a Riverdale-type beat uh, in high school, and we also did have, like, a private school next door. That was also extremely prestigious and, like, wealthy. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, like, whatever your parents felt like. Yeah. Well, the whole therapy session is basically... It's, like, a lot of this is going to be recap. Yeah. Um. I, I am probably going to put a lot of these clips into the podcast because it's a lot of characters, like, summarizing the last couple of seasons and what they've been through. And, again, it's that kind of, like, boiling frog situation where when we went through it episode by episode, we were like... Yeah, that's crazy, but, like, we, you get kind of inoculated to it. So hearing it, like, just recap yeah. to you all at Dude, once is like, oh, man. They recap what happened just to Betty and Alice in, like, mm -hmm. maybe, like, five minutes. And it is fucking crazy when they say it out loud. Like, like she, ooh, there's... Also, to Betty's point here, she says that she and Jughead sleep in the same bed because they all live together. How could you not think I was having sex? Yeah, which is obvious. Like, yeah. and you you know Betty isn't. You know Betty and Jughead think they're quiet, but they're not. Right. Like, apparently, oh, I mean, it's because Alice is also getting her back blown out, so she never hears it. <laughs> they're, but. they're both getting their back blown out at the same time, so they can't hear each other. But, like, this is season one Alice stuff, and I really like it. Yeah, it's very cool, yeah. Like, I hope they keep this up, because we haven't had season one Alice, and, well, like, two seasons since yeah since season one, since season one. yeah because season two she changed like really quickly and then yeah it was because of uh something traumatic happened to her right uh, i don't remember uh they'll probably say something about it and we'll remember oh you know what it was it was uh uh she discovered that hal is a blossom or whatever and that's why they like he she kicked him out of the house and all of that that's what she was going through um and it, it really shook her up yeah Anyway, um, they're, Betty and her mom are maybe making progress or whatever. It's fine. They're talking about their feelings or whatever. Yeah, I don't know about this Burbles character. There's something about a psychiatrist that, like, not a school guidance counselor, excuse me. Uh, the whole, like, measured tones while they analyze your behavior makes me suspicious in a TV context. Uh, but then we get to the kind of core of Alice's neurosis, which is that she's already, you know, lost her first child in Charles, and that she sort of lost Polly first to Jason and then to a cult. Um, and so now Betty's kind of like all she has left, and that's why she's trying to control it. Uh, whatever. Still don't super care. <laughs> I do like that line right there. Uh, I love you too, but that's not an apology. Yeah, which is honestly just like a really good thing to say. The horrible, unhealthy things yeah. you've done. How you keep on. Oh, suffering. if this were 2014, this would be doing numbers on Tumblr. Oh my god. Ooh. 
it would be. But no, but yeah, saying I love you isn't a uh, isn't an apology. Oh, and here it here it comes. Uh Alice uh pulled a Lucille Ball oh. I love all my children <laughs> equally earlier. I don't care for Alice. <laughs> or I don't care for Polly. Oh no, I love it. It's like I love you too. I know I love you more. I love you the most. And then she storms yeah, no, out. Well, yeah, no, it was, uh, she kept on being like, but I love you, Betty. And Betty's like, yeah, well, and this is like, so I need him. She's like, well, yeah, well, you know, Polly's been through a lot. She needs you too. She was like, well, I love you more than Polly. <laughs> and then she's like, oops, I said that out loud. Gotta leave. Well, obviously, she barely shows up. Uh, yeah. Hey, where's Kevin's dad? <laughs> where has he been? Where is former Sheriff Keller? Mm-hmm. Uh, something else I, I do want to bring up that I noticed this time around that I hadn't noticed when we last met this character. Uh, Archie's in science class, so it's Dr. Phylum, which I'm assuming is um, an existing Archie character. Probably. But the implication of his name being Dr. Phylum is that he's a high school science teacher with a PhD. Um, also, he's wearing a lab coat for no reason. <laughs> yeah, which you know he wears that as like a power play. Uh, maybe it reminds him of all the research he could be doing if he weren't teaching high school science. <laughs> what if they try to do Breaking Bad in season five? And Yo, <laughs> Doc- if Dr. Phylum breaks bad, I would watch 11 seasons of that. Break No, okay, Dr. Phylum and, I don't know, give Kevin something to do? I don't know. Maybe he could make some- I mean, it can be Archie. Well, no, no, Archie, it can be. Well, I don't know. See, okay, the, here's the thing. You need someone that's easily manipulated and controlled. Okay. And I mean, that's kind of Archie's whole here's, niche. Okay, here's the problem, I think, with that. Mm-hmm. Like, while Archie's very easily manipulated, um, like Jesse in the show, in mm-hmm. which you were watching this, mm-hmm. was someone who's easily manipulated, but has, like, uh, was actually really, really smart, street, street smart, and is very adaptable. Was he actually street smart, though? It feels like he was. I don't know. Maybe. But, but like, there was, there was, I feel, I don't know. Maybe I just, like, maybe I just, like, uh. Like, like he certainly had more street smarts than Walt did, but, like, he was just sort of a bum. Like, what did he bring after the initial hooking him up with Crazy 8 uh, as a dealer? He, he helped him shop for science supplies yeah, you know, like Home Depot, like. Well, to be fair, he, like, uh, like he was, he was a really quick learner. Like he was able to make like meth almost as good as, like, yeah. Walt. Uh, like pretty quickly after like making like a couple of batches with him. So like he's not but, like dumb, that's not means. why Walt kept him. Walt kept him around because he, Walt could bully him. Like that was the whole impetus of yeah. keeping Jesse around was it made Walt feel big. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I really like your recaps of it, like watching it several years later, because like it, it really is annoying how so many people like just like just yo, it's nuts that anyone didn't see Wool immediately as a bad no, guy. Dude. Like even when I first saw it in two thousand, you know, ten or whenever it came out. Uh, I was like, yeah, Walt's a bad no, dude. Yeah, Walt's been a bad dude. <laughs> no, like, I th- I realized he was bad, like, in the first episode where, like, someone yeah. was making fun of his son and he went into his, he went and got, like, something to beat the kid with. Uh, like, first, first or no, second season. It was first or second episode. That, that was, that was like, yeah, that was like the third episode. Third episode. He didn't get, he, like, 
left and then came back in and then just kicked the guy in the leg super hard. He didn't actually bring something with him, I don't think. Yeah, but like, you know, he's he he was shown yeah. to be kind of a shitty person very early on. Uh right, yeah. Initially a lot of his shitty behavior was like at quote unquote justified people, like you know, like he uh cussed out Bogdan and but Bogdan was like his shitty boss. Uh, you know, he hit those kids, but those kids were making fun of his disabled son. But like even then there were like a lot of like uh, there, there, there are a lot of like little things, especially now as a thirty-year-old watching it. I'm like, oh yeah, those are all red flags. But even as you know, like a twenty, early twenty-somethings watching it for the, when it was coming out, I was like, yeah, he seems like there seems to be like a complicated thing going on where you know sometimes I do think that's you know justified what he did. But overall, like definitely, this is a bad dude. Like the show does not take uh any any subtlety in showing like this is going to be like a Shakespearean tragedy type beat. He's going to ruin himself because he can't stop himself, and that's the tragedy. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think uh, Vince. Mc, uh, oh my God, McGillen! How I cannot remember names. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. But Gillian, like, Vince Gillian, Gillian, Vince Gillian, like said pretty early on, like after the first season, like it's about a guy who is okay turning into uh, turning into the worst possible version of himself. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty infamous, infamously, they just kept like raising Walt's level of awfulness to try to, like, get people to understand he's the bad guy. And it famously just kept not working. And every Okay, sorry, we can't talk about... Breaking Bad is a good show, but also people are, are really bad at media analysis. Talking yep. media analysis, Dr. Phylum is is uh, basically sends um, Archie... Or Archibald to, Andrews. Uh, sorry, yes. Archibald, as they say. To speak with Miss Burbles. Yeah. Um, because he was sleeping in class. Uh, and I actually, at this point, was like, wait a minute, didn't Archie drop out? <laughs> no, I think... Also... No, no, I think he's doing the last, the, the last, um, last year just so he can have a diploma, and that's it. Because he, his dad mm. wouldn't want him to drop out. Yeah. Um, regardless of all that, she just brought up, because uh, he says he needs to stay in town, and she says to take over Andrew's construction, hey... Who's running your dad's company right now? I feel like what I feel like the um you would have maybe like one of the foremans take over? Hmm. Maybe, I guess. It seems weird that like Archie wouldn't like step in, but I guess he's got his community center or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, he says, no, he has to stay to clean up the town. Like, relax, Batman. <laughs> yeah. Which is a fine thing for me to say, because he literally says, uh, I learned about superheroes in comic books, and I think they're real neat. I still want to know, like, is it going to be called the Dark Emissary? What is he calling himself? Uh, the Dark Entity? Was it what they called entity. him, I think? Come on, Something dude. really stupid. Dark Duke. No, it was the Dark Duke. Dark Duke? That's... Th yeah. They're just gonna call you Dookie. That's all they're gonna call you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but Burbles notices, you know, like, he's got cuts on his hand and stuff. He works in a gym, so, you know, I wouldn't think that's weird, but she does. Uh, but she then does warn him that, uh... I can keep your confidence unless you tell me something that puts yourself or anyone else in danger, in which case I have to report it. She says that very explicitly. The very next thing Archie talks about is how he loves superheroes and getting dressed up to beat up people in the streets. To be fair, that could also just be a kink. Um. <laughs> could be. 
could it? He does. He doesn't say that he beats them up unconsensually. It could just be like a weird like Fight Club thing. That <laughs> yeah, it could be a weird Fight Club thing. It's called the Red Circle. Yeah. Yeah, he talks about how he goes out and initially he thinks he means he goes cruising in Fox Forest. But no, he says he puts on a mask and I try to help people. Okay, that still sounds like he's cruising. That does, yeah. Actually, that makes it more sound like... But then he talks about superheroes. Um, seem, I mean... See, I, I feel like this is the... And then he talks about a dealer. I feel like this is what you have to like legally report what he's told you. <laughs> Yeah, like you, like, pro- I mean, maybe that's why she's standing up. Maybe she's standing up to go report this right now. They are mandatory. Uh, they are mandatory uh, reporters. Like they have to do this, or they can lose yeah. their job. So, and again, she warned him up front. So this is really on him. Uh, she says he has a. Oh no, never mind. She calls. She says Jughead has a persecution complex. She doesn't acknowledge uh, Archie's martyr complex, but does say that he's got a lot of like grief rage. Yeah. There's, there's, he, he's, like, he's really going for, like, yep, like, really going for it right now. And thank you for reminding me, Archie, that your mom almost got shot in a drive-by and then was held up at gunpoint over Thanksgiving. Because I hadn't really considered that. That's also nuts. Yeah, it kind of is. How, how, how has she not made you move to Chicago with her? Yeah, I feel like because like I would move because you know when it's like oh this town had a serial killer this town has a lot of gangs you know then you're like well it's dangerous and I would like you to move out and because I think it'd be safer with me fine you know he doesn't want to that's his choice he's almost an adult when your home gets shot up in a driveway it's no more oh let's have a discussion about it. it's no you and me we're leaving for Chicago right now yeah I feel like I would just leave. I do not care how much my child would resent me for it. I'm not living in the town where he's getting shot up by gangsters in actual drive-bys. Okay, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He does say later on he is 18. So, she, he would technically have a say in it a little bit. I, I guess legally. Uh, I would still force him to. I don't know that Archie's got the backbone. I would still yeah, force him to. Feel, yeah, but. yeah, like... <laughs> I mean, Archie doesn't own this house, so, like... No. Although, as it turns out, that doesn't matter, because he can easily sleep in his gym. Yeah. Uh, he's breaking up with this mom right now, because I can't afford to keep Molly Ringwald on for too many more episodes. Yeah. Uh, basically, his little session helped him realize that... Uh, what Spider-Man realized, you know, issue one, that you gotta wear a mask to protect those you love. Uh, and so he's... Uh, He's breaking up with his mom, he's gonna go sleep in the gym, and that way she won't be in danger uh, from when, you know, he antagonizes the men with guns. Yeah. Thank God that, you know, criminals would never use someone's mother as leverage to get you to do what they want. Yeah. Simply moving out is enough. This will help. So Archie makes another insane-looking flyer. I hire a graphic designer, my guy. I'm tired of your <laughs> shitty flyers. Yeah, he's he's really uh like he's not like graphic design is my passion level bad, but like he's like just a step above it. Like he is It's an upgrade from his red circle days where it looked like a literal ransom letter, but it's like a shitty band flyer. Yeah. Also he's making a he's making a hotline and he's recording yeah. a message. I I don't know who that hotline's for, because the idea is like, oh, if you're too scared to go to the police, 
you can come to me. But, like, certainly if there's uh, someone dangerous enough that they will retaliate in a way the police cannot stop, I'm not going to then go to some random guy who owns a gym. I'm sure they can retaliate much harder against that guy. Yep. But uh, Archie does the literal Spider-Man thing where he drops the mask in the trash can and is hanging half out. Well, I mean... Uh, we mark that at uh, 16.06. Wow, that's... Uh, we'll see how long that wait, lasts. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, let's see how long it lasts. Um. Um, but Principal Honey has called Cheryl into his office uh, to discuss her 29 absences, to which Cheryl rebuts. Um, she's had multiple family deaths, and also her mother has vanished. And also, she's the sole caretaker of uh, her two infant cousins, and also her uh, dementia-ridden grandmother. You know, I feel like, and this to get me, I feel like that's a valid excuse. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mr. Honey then uh, flips it back again, Uno reverse card, and says, I understand you're under so much responsibility. We need to remove someone uh, of the extra stuff off your workload, so I'm going to be taking control of the Vixens and giving it to... An adult, because I guess their cheerleading team doesn't have a coach? I guess? Why would I, I they guess have that a coach? So does Cheryl just come up with all the routines and, like, oversee all the rehearsals and do, like, all the work a coach does? Because that's a lot for a student. That's I feel like maybe most clubs have, you know, some sort of adult facilitator. Yeah. Seems odd. Um, anyway, so then Cheryl goes to see uh, Miss Burble. And gets offered a three Buccaneers. We <clears throat> love all the off-brand candy. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so I guess the deal is if she has sessions with this guidance counselor, she can uh, improve. Oh, sorry, improve that she is of like sound mind. I guess uh, she can have the vixens back. Yeah, which is, I feel like I would drop that by the wayside, especially if you think you're being haunted by your uh, dead twin or dead mm-hmm. triplet. Also, she mentions she's got a 4.0, so I don't know why the school's pressed about her attendance. I do you think do you think she's just bribing people? She is rich. Mm, I don't know. I mean, she's also going to like a really good school. I mean, she, and she's a senior. Realistically, the school wouldn't care at this point. But Honey's also a dickwad and he, possibly a fed, he, and that's why he's doing. He this. has to be a fed. <clears throat> uh. We say this like we're uh like we're leftists online talking about another leftist we don't like. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's giving me big Fed tendencies. Yeah, there's real Fed posting over here. Uh yeah, and so I guess Cheryl tells her about the haunted doll. Oh, and the corpse, I think. Yeah, which by the way, I would report that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a reportable. I thing. mean, I. I guess, technically, that is not putting herself in danger or anyone else in danger. Okay. Mm, yeah, I guess it's technically a victimless, victimless crime. Yeah. Also, I guess she talks about him in, like, the chapel. And so I think maybe Burbles thinks, oh, maybe he's interned there and she goes to his grave to pray. Um, and not, no, she's got his literal rotting corpse propped up in a chair. Yeah. God, did Gina Torres get hotter with age? That's nuts. She is aging like a fine wine, and it's... Really? She's... I don't know. Oh, like, it feels like all of the people, like, on this episode are really trying for that Emmy. 
Yeah, a little bit. Like all of them, but there's a lot of Emmy juice flowing. Yeah, because let me tell you, like Archie K- KJ Apa, I should say, uh, really bringing it. Cheryl really bringing it. Uh, Betty, I think Betty is just acting like Betty in this one, not trying to bring it. But yeah, Betty doesn't get a big tearful thing. She just gets to be like vindicated about how shitty her mom is. Yeah. Okay, here we go. We get to um, Cheryl confessing that she has been uh, haunted by a ghost, uh, to which Burbles, like a normal person, says, ghosts aren't real. Or are they? Because we do know in the Nancy Drew universe they are. Also, how how did how did they know that Cheryl was the one that absorbed Julian? It could have been Jason. Yeah. But yeah, there's. I actually had to do a bit of research because they talked about taking a chimera test, and I was like, "This sounds like the fakest thing in the world," but it's true. It's real. Uh, it is. Uh, both you do call people who absorb their twin in the womb chimeras, and they do actually have a few strands of different DNA within them, like sets of two. So you can test to see if someone uh, is a chimera. Okay. Well. Yeah. Maybe I'm a chimera. Maybe we should all take this so we know if we should Maybe be haunted. Should, yeah. But, uh, Burbles <clears throat> is like, there's an easy way. <laughs> Second time we've used gaslit this season, the writers, uh, discovered that word on Twitter. So, okay, can I, okay, I would like to make a little mini rant while this is going on, because it goes on for a little bit. Oh, sure. Um, I am uh, very upset that the normies figured out sci- some pop psych terms because uh, it's annoying because ga- gaslighting is like a like actual bad thing and people just use it for someone's lying to you all the time, uh, which is annoying. Yep. Um, the the uh, the normies also got a hold of uh, love bombing, which is by the way an actual bad thing people do. As a guy just, like, really likes you and talks to you in a way, and then they ghost you. Yep. It's annoying. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, Burble says there's an easy way to prove if you're being gaslit or if you're actually being haunted by the ghost of your dead triplet that you absorbed. Is it? Uh, is there? I can prescribe you. Mm-hmm. I can prescribe you a chimera test to find out if you are actually uh, have the body of your triplet in you. I'm just going to say it's going to be pretty hard to do both because what if there is still a ghost? So they are going to bring in a coach for the Vixens, which is insane that they didn't have a coach already. That's nuts. Yeah. That's simply nuts. Like, who, who is the adult that would take them for like cheer competitions and stuff? Because you can't just be a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, that's that's nuts. I mean, I guess they aren't like, I guess maybe they aren't a competitive cheer team. They're just, you know, the we cheer at the football games kind of cheer team. But, like, even then, like, any club needs a uh, an adult. <laughs> even if they don't strictly have a coach, there should be an adult around. Yeah. Especially with what's going on in, <laughs> in, the, in the town. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, speaking of gaslighting, the show is going to gaslight us into believing that Hiram's always had a rum empire. <sighs> Yeah. Though actually I'm okay with it because in this episode uh uh wow what's her name? Veronica uh heavily implies that the way she's going to get back at her dad is to also go into rum, which is the funniest idea I've ever heard of. 
is these two dueling with rum business. Yeah, I really like the idea of this, like, a lot. Also, apparently he's not smuggling rum. He actually does, uh, brew <clears throat> rum? Is that what you do with rum? Ferment? Ferment, yeah, it's, I think it's like a fermentation thing, but yeah. with, uh... He specifically says it's lodge rum that he's produced, and he's got a bottle in a case. Suddenly now, out of nowhere, along with his degree from Harvard, suddenly now, out of nowhere in his office... He's like, you see that bottle? That's the first bottle I ever produced of the Rum Empire. I've definitely had this whole time. Yep. So he's not even smuggling. Wait, why is it in Miami then? Miami's not known for... Is Miami known for producing rum? I mean, I figure it would it not be known for rum. I mean, because it's... I guess, yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, rum, never mind. Rum is like a, a coastal, sunny thing. I'm thinking of like bourbon and stuff. Yeah, no, uh, which, by the way, you can technically only make bour- bourbon in Kentucky. Right, in Kentucky, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I'm thinking of, you know, like, yeah, those dark liquors. But yeah, rum, like, because there's like Malibu rum and stuff. Never mind, rum's totally fine to be there. It's just weird to me that he has an actual rum business and isn't smuggling it in from Cuba, because I feel like that would make a lot more sense for a crime. Th- whatever. Also, whatever. Also, <laughs> also, I've been thinking about this ever since they said that he's going to start making rum in Riverdale. Can you make mm-hmm. rum with uh with maple syrup? I think you can. Cause like I know you can make I know you can I know you make rum with like molasses like you do um do something. But can you make rum with maple syrup? Can you make rum from maple syrup? People have asked. <clears throat> uh ah nope. No. Cause legally any spirit distilled from maple syrup cannot be called slash marketed as rum, even though it might might be similar in nature. What does it get called then? Hang on, let's, I'm going to open that Quora link and, and see for real what's going on here. Uh, distilled maple liquor is called Ace Rum, but don't let the name fool you. It's not rum-based with maple flavor. Acer is the genus of maple tree. Uh, they ma- are made in small quantities and are fairly expensive. Uh, alcohol is made from maple syrup is more rare than other types because it is more expensive. Base product, cane, grapes, and corn are all among the cheapest sources of sugar. If you want to get into drinking spirits, distilled products, expensive, da 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 da. Uh, I'm learning so much. Huh. I want to see where the answer is that says <clears throat> technically no. Okay, well, I feel like they would. I feel like they would just call it lummy, rummy legally, because that's the only way. What can you can right. make rum? Can you make rum from molasses? Right? Am I think? Am I remembering properly? Uh, yeah, I think you can. And a lot of these answers are saying you can distill uh, a liquor out of, uh, rum. Oh, here we go. Uh, okay. The Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax, and Trade Bureau defines rum thusly. Spirits distilled from the fermented juice of sugarcane, sugarcane syrup, sugarcane molasses, or other sugarcane byproducts at less than 95% alcohol by volume, having the taste, aroma, and characteristics generally attributed to rum and bottled at not less than 40% alcohol by volume. Therefore, legally, any spirit distilled from maple syrup cannot be called slash marketed as rum, even though it might be similar in nature. There's a loud car outside my window. That being said, I have found some spirits, uh, quote, can't call it rum, uh, from Black School Distillery, found it quite delicious. Okay, so it's not legally rum, <coughs> is the answer, and I hope that comes up. I hope one of them starts using maple syrup and gets... Uh, shut, hit with a lawsuit because they're selling it, advertising because, it as wrong. Because what I was thinking what was going to happen, and and this is a prediction, uh, mm-hmm. that the Blossoms, that the other Blossoms wanted to sell the maple syrup to Hiram 
Empire. Oh, so you know make, what? Yeah. 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 All right. But that's what I was thinking. I see it. But I don't think they could do that now unless they're going to try to later. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but uh, Veronica got a phone call in the middle of class and said, excuse me, I have to take this. It's Harvard. Um, and the dean was personally congratulating her on being accepted into Harvard. Um, but then the twist of the knife, uh, the dean uh, finishes with, give uh, your father my regards and thank you for the nice bottle of rum he sent me. So Veronica knows that she got her way bribed into Harvard, which matters definitely because, you know. She's got to work hard for it by herself. Okay, but here's the thing. Her father already went to Harvard. She's going to get a leg up because yeah. she's a legacy person. Yeah. And she's rich, which also does factor in. <laughs> Just to, Yeah, I mean... But this is, like, very typical rich kid shit. Uh, you know, no, I can make it on my own. Don't look at all the inherited advantages I have because I was born into wealth. I just got a small loan of a million dollars. Right. Like, this shit, that, that shit actually matters a lot. Like, even even being born witch with having no money from your parents, mm-hmm. it still puts you in a higher chance of succeeding. Um, so Veronica's come to vent to Miss <clears throat> Burbles. Um, weird that none of these kids thought to go to the guidance counselor in the previous three seasons when they were going through insane traumatic shit, but uh, better late than never, I guess. I mean, why would they ever do uh, that? Yeah, definitely got her, her whole recap into uh, just word for word, because she goes on for a while here, and it's a lot. Is it possible he was actually trying to just help? My father has a bank vault for a heart. He did this to prove he can, and always will, control me. And do you feel this control is him punishing you for something? Was King Lear's ego gossamer thin? Yes, this is what he does. He fake-sold me two businesses and then conned me into running them successfully, might I add, then charged me protection. He lured my boyfriend into crime and then tried to kill him in front of a crowd at an illegal boxing match. He had my mother arrested and the piece de résistance. He brought his secret illegitimate daughter back to Riverdale to try and make me jealous. Well, blow winds and crack your cheeks because Veronica Luna is no one's Cordelia. Like, do you think they're uh, do you think they're doing the recap thing just because like there was a lot of crazy stuff happening? Because they seem to always have like one recap episode. Let's see. Yeah, maybe. I yeah, I don't really know what like they were exactly going for with this episode, other than a uh, Hannibal homage, I guess. It has to be a Hannibal homage. They got Gina Torres. They'd be like, okay, yeah, we gotta do it. Fucking thank you, Mrs. Burbles, not Doctor Burbles, because she's not a therapist. Thank you, Miss Burbles, for fucking calling Victoria, or not Victoria, Jesus, Veronica out on her bullshit. Uh, she says, oh, you you hate your dad, but you always come when he calls and do what he asks. Yeah. Which is true. All Veronica does <clears throat> is cause a scene and then, like, immediately run back to her dad the second things get hard. She's so annoying, but uh, she's basically like, it's Oedipus. You guys are obsessed with each other. No, she, she's, she does the rich kid thing. Where, like, they strike it out on their own, and then they have some trouble, and they go back They go back to mommy or yeah. daddy. Yeah. And, I mean, she doesn't put it in quite the words. She says, you know, maybe he's the one that instilled the drive into you that's uh, given you these the success. But, yeah, essentially her, her success comes from her dad. Both from 
personality and raising and also because of his immense wealth and connections and she can't stand that (laughs) would you say she got uh she got power and drive and because of that she has to devour yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) if but yeah she calls she Um, calls i'm a millennial i go by the fort minor song with the math uh she's accusing her of like not accusing but saying like yo you're totally doing an electro complex thing. And she uses. Yeah. And then she says he's trolling you, which is a lot. It is. Um, but yeah, basically she tells him to kill him, but metaphorically. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that's a good idea. And then she does the thing later. We'll get to it. <clears throat> yeah, I want her to be the new Black Hood. Get some darkness out of Betty, Mrs. Burbles. Yeah. Oh, it'd be great if uh, it'd be great if Betty uh, Betty did become the Black Hood. What if what if there's always a Black Hood from now on? Yes, I mean I wouldn't mind if it Hal just came back every time. We don't have to explain it. He can just come back. Yeah, and he's like I don't I don't hate Hal's actor at all. Like he's pretty good. It's just it took it it took them three seasons to figure out what to do with him. Um, so I guess Jughead hasn't applied to college, and he's been slacking off in class. Um, and Mr. DuPont calls him out on it. I don't know why he specifically, um, there should be many teachers in this school and also administration, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, this somehow ends with him getting an appointment with Riverdale's guidance counselor and not Stonewall's guidance counselor. You know, you know, like Stonewall would just have an actual like child psychologist there. Something yeah. They'd be rich enough. Um, but that guy is only good for writing prescriptions for Adderall. He doesn't actually, uh, do any of the therapy work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Jughead's now going to have a session for some reason with Miss Burble. Um, God, I hate Jughead. So she broaches the subject of, you know, Mr. Keating died at your school, I heard. And Jughead's like, died? Oh, no, he was murdered by suicide. Mr. DuPont and all the students, they convinced him to jump. Like it's a lot. Chuckhead, Chuckhead needs to get um, out of his own ha- ass. Like I, he hasn't been fun since season one. Like speaking. Oh, and then and they're doing it because my grandfather created the Baxter brothers. He sounds not to be like disparaging to to people with delusions, but he sounds like he's having a delusion. He sounds like he sounds like he's got schizophrenia. He sounds very delusional, like right now. Like he, yeah. Like, this is something that she should be reporting to someone. Um, but she says uh, that he has a persecution complex and is chasing windmills. Uh, which, to have an excuse to neglect trying, basically. Which he definitely does have a persecution complex. He does, you're right. We've seen it. <laughs> yeah, but basically, you know, if you give up before you try, then you haven't technically failed, is, is what she's getting at, uh, Jughead's doing. Jughead's afraid to try in the world of, you know, upper class rich people with talent or not talent but because he has the talent to be in that arena and he's afraid he doesn't have that talent he's gonna try and fail and that's gonna prove that he's never been good enough also she points out that hey maybe uh your dad feels weird about you trying to redeem his abusive alcoholic father into some sort of uh martyr hero (laughs) do you think maybe that's why you two have been having issues yeah him actually, you know, the more I think about it, him and Archie have a lot in common. They both have this like drive to be the most important person. 
Except Archie, yep. Archie just wants to do something about it, and Jughead just wants to whine. Um, so then she she brings up how uh, FP, you know, started out poor and with not much, and then became sheriff and all of this. And again, I just want to reiterate uh, for those listening at home that we do know FP became sheriff through bribery and blackmail. Just want to throw that out there one more time. Yeah. Um, as the show continues to try to pretend like he got this because he earned it. Bribery and blackmail, everyone. Bribery and blackmail. Yep. Yeah, so she teaches Jughead empathy. Um, and then he goes and hugs his dad. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. I truly have no idea where this season's going. <laughs> yeah, like... I mean, they're keeping they're keeping us on our feet. Like I thought they were gonna. I'm entertained. I just don't know where this is going. Like I just thought they were gonna have like at, at least another episode showing what what uh, Charles and Chick are up to. Oh yeah, I, I would like to come back to that. Yeah, because like I'm sorry. I feel like they need like a bad guy. Okay. They got me, Art. You know how I was complaining about how a high school guidance counselor really only needs like a six-week class? She does say here that she is overqualified for this position, so maybe she does have a couple of degrees. Well... All right, Berlanti, you got me this time. Gina Torres is also overqualified for this role, but, you know, the check clears, so... We do what we got to. <clears throat> yep, so Jughead stops back home, and when his dad gets home, he gives him a big old hug and says, I'm sorry... For being a bad kid, I love you a lot, Dad. This is gonna change nothing about my, how I act for the rest of this season. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the one time you're going to see any empathy from me, Dad. So cherish this moment. Uh, then Betty gets home from somewhere, and uh, Alice is busy making dinner, and they have a little heart-to-heart here. Again, Alice's new look stunning. She truly looks like she's the CEO of Theranos. Uh, the same swept back hair, same turtleneck. I don't remember this. All right, so, yeah, uh, so Betty's going to go help set up the table, uh, and then she uh, notices there's a letter on the table from Riverdale. I guess maybe that's supposed to be Riverdale U. Uh, I can't imagine it's supposed to be the high school, but it's the, the point is that it's unopened. Um, she didn't go through her mail this time um, as a, you know a show of respect. And then underneath that is uh, I got to pause on this. It is a check for five thousand dollars from who? Uh, Alice. From Alice. Oh, to you know to replace the college fund. Five thousand dollars gets you like. A week in the dorms. <laughs> $5,000 is enough for maybe half a semester and not even the dorms. Yeah. yeah, that's... That is not... As far as college goes, not really making a dent. Yeah. It's more of a symbolic gesture, I guess, than than anything. I don't know. If I knew I had a college fund and my mom pissed it away on a cult, uh, I, I would maybe still... I don't think this would be enough for me. Personally, I I might still be resentful, but Betty seems to have forgiven her mom and appreciates the gesture. Mm, I don't know. I would still be. I'd still be like real. Think I, I'd still think she's real sus. Yeah, five, five thousand. Not not a lot as far as college goes. Just 
Just what I'm saying. To be fair, it's not even a lot to go if she's just getting her own. If if she's just like renting a place, like that's a couple months worth mm-hmm. of rent and bills. Yeah. Uh, but Archie gets a message on his hotline. Um, a kid thinks that the man down the hall beats his mom, and Archie gets so mad he snaps his pencil. And then, uh, sorry, we are at uh. 3648. So from 1606 to 3648. 20 minutes. That's how long it took Archie to take up the mask again. Yep. Um, oh, I fucking, I fucking love this scene. Uh, uh, Tony is reading Amityville Horror at Pops, because of course, where else are you going to read a book, um, at this time of night? Yeah. And Cheryl flounces in and says, I've got the results, TT. Uh, Tony's like, from college? I thought you were already accepted. And he's like, no, silly, from my chimerism test results. And, uh, and she says, promise me no matter what of the contents, you'll still love me or something. And she, Tony's just like, Cheryl, I have no idea what the fuck you are saying, but I love you no matter what. Yeah. And the way she says it implies to me that this is something that happens fairly often in their relationship. Where Cheryl comes through with just some insane string of words. And Tony's like, babe, I have no idea what that means, but okay, yes. Like, Tony, what, what has happened to, what has happened to Tony Topaz? She used to be, like, more of a character. Now she's just basically, like, the, like, like, almost like a purse to Cheryl. Like, it's just, yeah. she's just around. Well, uh, you know, in the universe, it's because her back's getting blown out so fucking hard. Oh. Out of the universe, it might have to do with the pay issues. Maybe. But, no, but, yeah, she's definitely getting her back blown out. Because that's the only way she's dealing with Cheryl's right. bullshit. Yeah, there, there's no other way someone's that chilled out unless they're getting their black bone blown out regularly every night. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then we cut to, uh, Hiram coming to his office, and Cheryl's all sprawled out there, drinking some rum. Uh, Hiram's mad because he just got a call that, uh, Veronica turned down Harvard. Uh, and then Veronica, this is Veronica being like, I realized I have to destroy you, Dad, so I'm gonna go to Yale, uh, and then I'm gonna destroy you. But in business... I, too, am going into the rum industry, <laughs> and I'm going to economically ruin you. She's going to pull uh, an America. Your, your lo- yeah, from your long-standing rum business that we all know and love. Uh, I, I guess she's uh, just going to let him have the private prison, though. Actually, it would be even funnier <laughs> if she got in the private prison I'm going to open up you know a what? private change my prison. Mind? Oh, God. You know what? That's why... <laughs> I just realized that's that's why they invented the rum business for Hiram. This is literally the reason. They're like, we want Verona to go head-to-head with him as a businessman, but his only business currently is running a private prison, and we don't want to set up another private prison. Logistically, that doesn't make sense, and I don't think it's a great look on our character. So they had to give him a new business. <laughs> that, oh my god, like really, ugh. Because his two businesses are dealing drugs and a private prison, and they can't have Veronica do either of those. He has to have a legitimate business, so she does- <laughs> Oh my god, that's so fucking funny. Fuck the show. Mm. Love it. They definitely came up with the idea that Veronica should go into business against Hiram first, and then work backwards to how she comes to this decision, and what it means. Yeah. 
She was just like, according to my high school guidance counselor, I should kill you. But not like literally. I'm going to kill you in business. I have to kill you politically and also economically. There's two of me now. (laughs) Yep. She says, uh, this bottle just cracked open. It's much nicer than the stuff you've been making recently. But my room will be even better. Then she leaves, and that's when Hiram realizes the bottle of rum in question is his very first bottle that he kept in that case. Like, you know she would have snuck some of that, and the first... Uh, meanwhile, Jughead has written his draft for the Baxter Brother uh, competition, as well as applied for colleges. Um, but meanwhile, he's also been researching uh, about uh, authors, all the authors from the Quillen Scribe, or Quillen Skull, or whatever secret society that Mister Keating was in. Yeah. Uh, from that, from from his, uh, from Mister Dupont's year, all of them have died in mysterious accidents, except for uh, Forsyth One and Mister Dupont. What could that mean? God, when Betty says "or murderers," Jughead looks so turned on. Yeah, they definitely just—they definitely blew each other's backs out right after yeah. this. They're just like, "Oh, murders!" Uh, and then the closing stinger is uh, all of them lining up for a mugshot as the two shitty students from the Dead Poet Society uh, identify them as the three suspects they saw in the night that Jughead died. So we then just automatically know that Jughead's not dead and this is a frame job. But, alright, thanks for blowing your load, Riverdale. Eight episodes in, that's longer than usual. Yeah, I still don't know what, like, I still... Like, they're not doing enough to make me interested in figuring out why Jughead is dead. Like, at least with the Black Hood thing, like, it actually kind of kept me interested until they did the until they did the Chuck stuff. But, you know, like, I was a little interested. Like, yeah, but this, I don't know what this episode is doing. It's like, it's enough to keep me watching, but like, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I don't really see clearly the direction again. We're still, well, I guess what I'm trying to find is the point where all these storylines are going to finally intersect again. And I can't see that yet. They're still all doing their own thing. Yeah. Like, I have no idea how Archie's stuff is going to intersect at all because like, where it seems like we're mostly done with the um, the gangland stuff that they were doing. Mm-hmm. So what else are they gonna do? We're gonna have to watch and find out. Yeah, I guess so. In the meantime, uh, do you have anything you'd like to recommend to our listeners? I started watching the uh, Dead to Me. It's a hmm. Netflix show. has Christina Applegate and uh, Linda Cardellini as like kind of like the main people, and has uh, Cyclops, uh, Marston, uh, hmm. James Marston. Yes, I did not realize he was Cyclops. He is Cyclops. Yep. All right. Uh, well, his his eyes were covered for most of the movie. That might be why yeah. I didn't recognize him. I mean, yeah, I I know him as Spike. We all do. Yeah, uh, but. His, uh, but yeah, it's about a widow who, mm. uh, whose husband died by hit and run, and it's her dealing with stuff and her finding out more and more about her husband's life, as well as Linda Cardellini, who is like a uh, like very codependent person who glommed on to Christine Applegate's uh, character. 
her her trying to get away from her uh her ex fiance. I think I saw an episode of this. This is sounding really familiar. It is. It's like really good. It's like like okay, here's the thing. I at first I thought it was going to be like a supernatural thing cuz the way that they worded the first episode I'm just like this sounds like something supernatural. Mm. Uh but no, it's it's a very like it's it's a comedy. But like it's it's really a show mostly about grief and whatnot, and uh, I like it a lot uh, so far. I'm only like five episodes in, but like I'll keep on watching. Uh, as for myself, um, I've been really getting into BattleBots this week. <laughs> so uh, if if you're not in the know, BattleBots is a robot fighting competition. I think started in the '90s. Yeah, um, where people build these uh, little remote controlled robots that have saws and whatnot on them and they ram into each other very hard and it's very cool went away for a bit got rebooted um in the mid 2000s or so ish i think and it's been kind of plugging along but it's on the discovery channel which is why no one fucking knows about it um and so i'm pirating it because i don't i'm not paying for discovery plus that's fucking stupid uh but it's been really good it's got the energy of uh you know that old school spike tv like, oh, this is for dudes. I'm really appreciating it. feels very nostalgic. Um, and it's got a really high budget. They're, they're, like, in some sort of coliseum in Vegas. And they got a huge, you know, glass box. And robots be hitting each other very hard. And it's very cool. Also, there's a, there's a trans team with a trans robot. That's pretty cool. They didn't do very well this season that I'm watching. But I'm glad they're there. Maybe next year. Didn't they? Wasn't did that get restarted by Grant Amhara before he croaked? Or am I thinking of something Maybe. else? Maybe. Oh, did Grant Amhara die? Yeah, no, he died. No, he died several oh, years sad. ago. I remember. I vaguely remember something like that. I just, hmm, I didn't think about it. Yeah, he, oh, Sam. Yeah, he was young too, wasn't no, he? No, he was, like he was very young. He was like in his. Yeah. He was like in his forties. Oh, that's very sad. Yeah. It was, uh, maybe uh, I don't know. It it seems pretty cool though. Yeah. Um. I I remember you posting something about like this grown man just like completely destroying it in oh, your yes. life. So, so it, <laughs> along with you know being very like the energy is very like ooh guy stuff. That means there aren't they aren't. This isn't America's Got Talent. All right. There's no like happy feel good stories about you know people overcoming adversity we're here to see robots brawl so i mean sometimes they do things like and here comes the you know new 14 year old uh rookie uh with his family and you can see on that bot they've all painted the hands of their family members on that bot this is his first time piloting in, in this venue it's very exciting and he's going up against and it's like their version of the undertaker he's like the favorite to win the whole thing destroys bots regularly has like the highest win loss rate of any bot on the scene they're like all right here we go let's check in with our analyst their analyst is like it's not good, Jim. That bot's badly built, and under that uh, tombstone is gonna tear it apart. And I can't wait to see it. And then, yeah, <laughs> this this like sixty year old dude drives his super bot and like trashes this fourteen year old, and it's hilarious. I can't wait to see that child cry, Jim. <laughs> right, essentially. Yeah, there there were the MIT one was there were like a family that had, were trying this like uh, dual bot approach because the rules are. Uh, you can't, it's just a weight limit. You can't go over 250 pounds. So they had two, uh, like, 100 pound, 120 pound robots instead of one, you know, like, 200 pound robot. 
Um, and I guess traditionally they have not done well. And the, uh, the announcers like, yeah, and this is like probably going to be their last go around with these bots if they can't get it to work. They say they're probably going to have to go back to the drawing board and completely, you know, redo their bot. Uh, so they'd really like to get a win here. And then they go against these MIT guys that have like this super bot that fucking two seconds, literally. This match started, went boom, hit one, that's out. Boom, hit two, that one's not working anymore. Match over. It was so fucking good. I am very glad that there's no balancing in this at all. And it's just like, oh no, yeah. no we're going to ruin yeah. someone's life. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very good. Uh, Well, it sounds real fun. I can't wait to also perhaps maybe pirate it at some time in the future. Um, you get you get what you, what's on the tin. If you're in the mood to see a robot hit another robot very hard, that's where you go. All right. But... Uh, <laughs> I believe it's my turn. Yep. Uh, so I'm 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 gonna kill you, Art. But like not not actual. I'm gonna kill you in business. Oh. In my rum business. Okay. Have you ever heard of Waco, Betty? Waco, Betty. Waco. 